Welcome, new community, to our fourth and final Sunday of the Advent season. This is the Sunday of love. So let me point out the obvious right away. It's not just me sitting here on the camera today. I am with this beautiful woman who is my mother, but... Before I officially introduce her and uh, explain why she is on the video cast with us this morning, I'm going to speak to an idea that I think is really important for about five to seven minutes, uh, and then uh, we will um, look and begin a conversation with my wonderful mom. So um, let me start this morning with this. There is one singular point that I really want to try to get across this morning. And that point is this. The Christmas story, I believe, should be foundational to our understanding of love. We heard our scripture this morning from the prophecy of Isaiah, and the last verse that we read says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14. The Christmas story, I believe, is foundational to our understanding of love because of this prophecy written around 700 years previous to the birth that we prepare for throughout the Advent season and celebrate on Christmas Day. The prophetic name, Emmanuel, ascribed to the coming Messiah, is found two other times in Scripture, one chapter later in Isaiah 8, and then finally in Matthew 1, through 23, as the fulfillment of the prophecy. Now, Emmanuel, you have to understand this, is the Hebraic idea for God with us. It was the hope given to the people of Israel and fulfilled in Christ. And for two reasons, I think this Hebraic idea of Emmanuel forms our understanding of love. Here's the first reason. It gives shape to how we can experience God's love. So outside of the Christmas season, we talk around this idea of God with us with the theological term incarnation. Incarnation, literally meaning embodied in flesh, speaks to the divine action of God becoming human. He took on our flesh. Christ lived as a man. He became one of us. Incarnation describes what God did on that first Christmas. But I would argue that incarnation and Emmanuel are not the same things. You see, Emmanuel speaks to why God did it. More than a name or a theological concept of action, Emmanuel indicates the position that God willingly took to be with us. Incarnation describes the movement of God, that God became one of us as part of his redemptive plan, but Emmanuel describes the love of God, that God chose to be with us because of his inexhaustive love for humanity. Emmanuel speaks to who God is rather than what God did. God became human, but he did so because of his love for us. You see, God didn't only share the human experience as one of us, but he shares the human experience with one of us. And this might sound like semantics, but being one of us and being with us, I believe, are profoundly different things. So think about it in this way. I am pretty sure, given my experience 
although limited, but my experience, that it does not work for me to rest on the fact that I am human for Grace, my wife, to know that I love her, right? She only knows of my love if I choose to be with her. And for this reason, my existence is not nearly as important as my nature or my character in this way. Emmanuel is far more than just another name that we dust off during Advent. It's a picture of the loving character of God, and it's the promise of who God is with us. Romans 8, 37 and 39 speaks about this love when it says this, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about this. Not even God's own divine nature could separate us from his love. In a year of loneliness, in a year of uncertainty, a year of isolation, I believe the truth of God's love for you and the truth of God's love for me through his withness is a critical tethering point for us to hold on to. It might be the singular handhold of hope that we need in this season. Christ as Emmanuel sets for us a different reality, a reality that we are loved individually, that we are known intimately, that we can have relationship with the God of the universe, not a sterile or manufactured relationship with a distant almighty, but a real, close, loving relationship because God chooses to be with us. This reality then creates the framework for the second reason that I believe Christ as Emmanuel is critically important. Because God is with us, so we are called to be with others. Withness, I believe, is the impetus for mission. It's the bedrock from which the entire kingdom of God is built. Our entire missional understanding should spring from the idea that God is with us and therefore we follow him into our call to be with others. Mission has never been about just writing checks or meal trains or sending Bibles overseas or carving out an hour to fill paper bags with cans of food. Now, these things are good, they are needed, but I don't want any of us ever to try to convince ourselves that it will suffice in following God into his mission. In the same way that my love for Grace, my wife, has to be displayed by choosing to be with her, so our call to mission has to involve being with others. Now, what's interesting about speaking this message in this time is that being with people is not as easy as it once was. I know myself and many that I have talked to have had moments where following God into our mission of witness has felt nearly impossible in the last nine months. And certainly it is not without obstacles, but rather than shelve our missional call until COVID passes, I thought it could be helpful to hear a story this morning from someone that has really lived out this idea of witness over the last nine months. 
And now I alluded to this earlier this fall, I think it was uh, maybe a, a month ago or five weeks ago, uh, when it was the three of us, uh, Russ, Julie, and myself, and we uh, were talking about this. I alluded to this story, but now we have come to the part of the video cast where it is my deep pleasure to introduce to you formally a woman that I have known for the entirety of my life, my mom, Randy Longmire. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, before we start, do you mind if I call you mom? <laughs> of course not. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this question first, uh, and you are not prepared for this question. I understand that. Sure. But uh, when I was giving you the runaround my sophomore year of high school, did you ever imagine that you would be giving a uh, sermon essentially with me, uh, let's see, 20, 25 years later? Never in in my wildest dreams could I have dreamt that. And it was more than a runaround yeah. that you gave me, by the way. Yeah, that yeah. was a uh, that was Yeah, an it was a rough year. year. For sure. Yeah, uh, we've talked year. about that. If you if anybody wants to uh, hear that story, you're more than welcome to ask me any questions. But or ask me, and yeah. I'll give you the yeah. version that you need to know. <clears throat> um, so um, f for my entire life, uh, you have been someone that has modeled to me the mission of God in our call to be with others in various well, situations. Um, but obviously this looks different in your season right now. It looks mm -hmm. different in my season right now. So, um, and I know this story. So, uh, and, and again, this is why I have invited you to be on here because mm -hmm. I, I think this actually captures the way that you've lived in the last nine months really captures, um, what I think we need to be encouraged with as a community of people moving into, uh, in and through this season. So, in March, when our world essentially comes mm -hmm. to a halt, um, what did you do? Talk to me about that, that kind of singular <clears throat> moment. Well, um, at first, uh, it was right before our 52nd wedding anniversary. So I was really sad because we just got takeout and uh, candles <laughs> at home. So um, then my next worry was, how am I going to order groceries from Costco? I know a lot of you know how to do that already. But I didn't. Uh, then I worried about toilet paper. Are you not paper. as tech savvy as not, maybe? Not quite. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. Uh, so then I worried about toilet paper, and it was all about me. But I truly realized that Greg and I were going to be fine. We have three adult children that will help us, call us if we needed groceries. It was fine. Yeah. But within a few weeks, you could see that it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. And the more I watched the news the more truly overwhelmed I became. I just was distraught over how, over how I could possibly help, how people were surviving. Um, I could see on the daily news that uh, there were food lines and uh, people shutting businesses and losing jobs. And I was so overwhelmed that um, one morning I was working out in my workout room. And when I was done, I just, kind of laid down, sprawled out on the floor, and was sobbing, and just prayed to God, please tell me how I could help somebody. Because at my age, you know, I couldn't just um, go be with other people. We were being told to stay inside and sure. stay quarantined. So, um, so I didn't hear God speak to me. I just <laughs> was sobbing, and I literally said, show me one, even if it's one person, God. I actually said that, just, just tell me what to do. Yeah. I didn't hear anything, I got up, my days went on, um, all in quarantine. But for some reason, um, 
Several times that week, I said to Greg, you know, I wonder what's happened to our, our old neighbors. So two years ago, we moved from, as you know, we moved from our old house, which was just five minutes away. So, um, but I, I have not seen her. I haven't even thought of her. We lived in that old house for 39 years, um, drove past her place all the time, but I kept, she kept popping into my mind. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go at 7 a.m. when seniors are supposed to go <laughs> yeah. to get groceries. I'm just going to bring a bag of groceries to her because she's not driving. She doesn't have a computer to order yeah. food. Um, and that's what I did. Now, uh, real quick. So this was an old neighbor of yours, mm -hmm. um, uh, an old neighbor of mine, yeah. frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And uh, how well did you know this woman previous to you dropping off this bag of groceries at her house? Right. So um, actually, she has um, three children. Her younger daughter was at the bus stop with your older sister, Casey. Uh, so I would see her at the bus stop. Um, if I would drive by and she'd walk out to get to her mailbox, I would always stop and say hi. So it was cordial, mm -hmm. but not, it was really what I'd call a non-relationship. Yeah. Um, she uh, occasionally, though, um, she was widowed six years ago. So Greg would plow her out with his tractor, the snow. And um, if we ran out of power, um, he would hook up a generator. But but that's did you, it. You didn't go down to hook up the generator? That no, was, I yeah. did not yeah, hook yeah, up the generator. That was dad, sure, certainly. Um, <clears throat> so, but really, there was never a long conversation. We never did anything together. Yeah. It was not really what I would call a relationship. Yeah. You were uh, you were neighbors in the way that many of us are neighbors, where you know of somebody, you see them, you're nice, you're you cordial. You wave but as you drive by. There's yeah. real no depth of relationship, right? None. Um, give us a quick snapshot. What does this woman's life look like right now? Or what? Um, just give us a picture of her and her dwelling and kind of what's going on there. Okay. So... Um, I had been to her house before, so um, she invited me in. She was very happy that I um, brought these groceries. She had not gone to the store for weeks. She did have some food in her pantry, but I was shocked to 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 see how she's living. Mm -hmm. She is a hoarder, um, and what I truly was most sad about is that she has three adult children um, that she is completely estranged from. They don't call her. They do not know what's happening to her. Um, and they live, live near. Um, she, and the other thing that I didn't know is that she suffers from dementia. And when I say that, I mean, she literally doesn't know what I've said one minute prior. So she doesn't remember if she's eaten. She doesn't remember to take her pills. She has no idea how to help herself. Uh, how old is she? So she's 78 years old. 78, okay. Uh, she does remember you though, right? She always remembers me and she even says, say hi to Greg for me when I leave. Yeah. Even though he's not there, she remembers him. But in terms of a conversation with this woman, you can be talking about something very specific <laughs> and moments later, she will have no idea that you've just had this previous conversation. Exactly. Right? She yeah. really truly doesn't know what's happening to her. She doesn't even know who she's speaking to on the phone within minutes of the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so, like you had mentioned, um, you were not, um, you were uh, kind of in this uh, elderly age. Mm-hmm. You're spry, right? <laughs> I'm spry. <laughs> a nice way to say it. Um, but you, you truly are kind of in the demographic that is not supposed to be right out. Uh, supposed to be with additional people uh, in this time. Have you been worried about how you were with this woman kind of as you've progressed and as the Mm -hmm. story's progressed over the last nine months? Well, um, no. And so I really felt God's hand in this, that um, truly that is a person I could help because she's going nowhere and I'm mostly quarantined. So as you know, I mean, we don't see you very often. We uh, we are always masked up and distanced when we're with our grandchildren, mm-hmm. um, and we don't see them that often. Yeah. So um, I I just knew God's hand was in this, and um, I mean she is <laughs> like she is the epitome of quarantined because there is Absolutely. no connection with the outside world outside of you and Dad at this point. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, she she could drive to the store, but of course they were telling people don't, yeah. especially our age, don't even go to the store. But um, <clears throat> but what I um, also found out um, pretty immediately, maybe by the second time I brought groceries to her, um, and I thought that's what it was going to be. I'll just, you know, while we're quarantined, I'll just drop groceries off and say hi, visit a few minutes, and, mm-hmm. you know, that'll help her. Yeah. Um, and cat food, right? Because and I, cat I know food. that she, she has many cats and yeah. that she is always concerned about her cat's being fed. Yes. And yeah. she spends her money on cat food yep. all the time. She has probably eight cats on yeah. her porch to keep the mice away. Yeah. Um, so what I did realize and about the second time I went there, she um, was in tears. She had been on the phone. She had just hung up and um, she was a victim many times of phone scammers. And this was, um, really so heartbreaking to see because people would call her and say, if you don't send money to Texas, we're going to sue you or we're going to turn off your TV. And literally her TV is all that she has for company. Um, She had uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of bills in magazines. They've sold her. I mean, I seen, I think even the same subscriptions over and over (laughs) again was really bad. So, it took me several weeks. Also, she had a desk that's mounted about this high. It's her whole kitchen table of papers. And later, as I went into the rest of the her place, uh, there were piles like that all over uh, of old bills and papers. And she started to explain that um, she had no money in her bank account. And... Um, uh, because of these scammers, she's being just frauded right and left. Yeah. So it didn't end up being just groceries. groceries. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is where the story, I think, gets really interesting, right? Um, I, I kind of set this whole morning up with this idea of withness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, our being with people, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, is how God loves us. How we understand and experience God's love is he is with us. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's our call to go out to be with people. You dropped groceries off because mm-hmm. you felt like that was a way that you could help. Um, and that is needed and that mm-hmm. is wonderful. That's not necessarily being with somebody though. That's an action that is very kind, very generous. This has grown to being with this woman in some very um, 
incredible ways. How has that looked? How has this mm -hmm. gone from a bag of groceries to <laughs> what are you doing currently in this mm -hmm. woman's life? Um, to be honest, I, I think I thought just bringing a bag of groceries was enough. Yeah. Um, just being honest with myself. <laughs> um, she is a pretty rough lady. She's been a victim of abuse and she's not what you picture a sweet little yeah. <laughs> yeah. tiny, uh, whatever lady. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, so the first thing after she realized that I really was a friend that was really going to keep coming back, yeah. um, I said, would it be okay if I looked at your checkbook? And whoa, it was uh, really shocking. Yeah. Um, and would it be okay if I looked through some of this mail on the table? So little by little, she now wants me to do it all. <laughs> She's never demanding though. Yeah. She never is demanding. And um, so long story short, I actually made a list of, of some of the things um, that she has needed. And I'm sure many seniors need this, especially if they have dementia, if they yeah. have memory problems, uh, they're in trouble yeah. right now. Well, and if they don't have grown kids nearby or right. advocates for them, then right. they are essentially like this woman was completely mm -hmm. isolated and quarantined, not because of the disease, but just quarantined because there's nobody to love them. Nobody right. there to, to advocate for them. Even if there wasn't a quarantine, yeah. she's basically quarantined yeah. Yeah, by exactly. her circumstances. Yeah. And she really has been. So over um, these months, one of the first things... Um, I did is to get her um, phone number changed just to stop um, the scams that yeah. were happening. And um, you can actually, she has an unlisted number actually under a different name. Yeah. Um, so that helps. I did text her um, children, her mm -hmm. new phone number, but that's all that I've heard. Yep. Um, uh, we, of course, the bank has canceled all of our bank accounts. This has gone on four new bank accounts in one year. Yeah. They would not give her anymore. And she had bills strewn all over the place. So I got those organized. And now through Social Security, she has a representative payee. So her bills now all go to that person. And <clears throat> it's audited. And she pays her bills for her for yeah. a very small charge. She has met her. I, of course, took her and did all this with her because also when you are advocating for someone, you cannot, um, they won't give you the information. Sure, yeah. So all of the phone calls had to be done in her home um, with her. Some of them took hours, literally, um, because she would have to say her name and now I want this person, Randy Longmire, to yeah. talk on my behalf. And even while we're talking to him, she didn't know. She like, who, who are we talking to now? Yeah, yeah. So it was rough. But um, she has met the lady that's her representative payee, but she doesn't know. Yeah. But the good thing is the anxiety of having those bills coming in and those yeah. scammers calling is gone. That's one thing I could relieve her of. Yeah. But um, so she now has Meals on Wheels and she has... Um, a visitor that comes two mornings just to visit just to visit mm -hmm. yeah um so we've also i've also changed a lot of her bills reduced them tremendously because if if you can't be an advocate for yourself she was paying for 
lots of things like TV channels she yeah. never watches and um, lots of services she uh, didn't need and yeah. didn't use. Um, thank goodness she now has decided that she, after me slowly talking to her, mm -hmm. that she won't drive anymore. So yeah. she just gave me her car keys one day. I didn't take them from her. Yeah. She just said, I guess I won't drive anymore, Randy, if you're <laughs> yeah. going to take me to the store. Yeah, if you're going to drive me around, And sure. I said a good thing because I don't know if she'd be able to get home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, uh, I did, um, eventually clear off the entire kitchen table and another desk that was even higher with years and years of bills and so forth. And buried in that, I found that she did have a caseworker oh. and this actually started in March. I don't know how, Yeah. but in going through all of, um, the systems, many phone calls from my home without yeah. her. Um, trying to figure out how do you get these services? But the problem is um, that caseworker, and especially during COVID, if you are not in the home with that person actually seeing and visiting for yeah. some time, you have no idea what she's going through. Yeah. So even now with Meals on Wheels, she has 25 stacked up <laughs> TV dinners in her little freezer, and I had to stop it for a while. Because now she's forgetting to eat. Yeah. So um, as I've been with her, her dementia, of course, is getting worse. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Um, she Often I try to call her and remind her to take her pills, but I can't do it every minute. Sure, yeah. But, um, and she has some health, health issues, needs a minor surgery coming up. And if she had no one, yeah. she would... I don't, I don't know what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and maybe you can't, um, quantify <laughs> this. I mean, is there, how many hours a week are you spending with this woman or dealing with this woman's affairs, uh, mm -hmm. kind of on your own time? Do, do you have any idea of that? Um, well, uh, one thing I do do now is I take her with me um, to go shopping. I don't get her groceries anymore because she needs to get out. Yeah. And that I realize very, we all need to get out yeah. actually. But um, so um, just to go to Walmart is two hours yeah. to shop with her because she walks so slowly. She has to hold on to the cart. It's, it's yeah. difficult. She has other physical issues. Yeah. Um, so that is usually once a week, and I usually go another time during the week, um, just short, yep. to check on her meds. I fill her meds every week, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and I call her frequently. Um, just to take her out, I call her the night before and have her write it down, because she does look at this one yeah. pad of paper on her desk. Um, and then I call her the morning of, and then I call her right before I leave my home yeah. because she will not remember yeah. that I'm coming. So um, that's kind of what it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, in in this process, uh, as you have, um, as this relationship with this woman has grown, uh, and this certainly, well, I shouldn't say certainly, this is not a two-way type of relationship. I don't no. see her investing a lot in into your growth, your development, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, um, but you fine. are you are tr truly being with this woman uh, in a loving, intentional way. What have you learned about yourself in the midst of this process? And then, kind of a follow-up to that, what have you learned about God in the midst of uh, okay. this process? 
Um, well, one of the things, uh, one of the goals for me first was to bring her the grocery, just make sure that immediate need was taken care of. But every time I see her, to give her love, to give her a hug, which when I hug her, she doesn't let go right away. Yeah. She holds the hug. She has never initiated a hug to me, but she is always very appreciative. Yeah. Um, she says, thank you. And Randy, I don't know what I'd do without you. Yeah. So that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and also to make her laugh because physical touch, laughing, that yeah. just isn't going to happen good for the soul. all by yeah. yourself. Yeah. And when you're hurting and yeah. anxious and nervous, um, what I learned about myself is that, as you know, Kevin, I am pretty organized person, yeah. pretty neat. I'm kind of a let's get the task done person. So when I first stepped in there, I kind of wanted to clean it all up. Yeah. And that would be so wrong. I couldn't do that. Um, that is not accepting of her way of life. Sure. Yeah. Um, and also, it would be most confusing to her. Yeah. So any changes I do make are very slow. It's very hard for her to have any change. Yeah. Um, and I haven't cleaned up her house, just the table, yeah. <laughs> just the bills. Just a little bit of cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I learned, you know, I'm stepping into someone else's world. Mm -hmm. So um, I need to be careful about that and be loving about that. Um, and then uh, what I've learned about God is that when you feel directed by God, and I truly did, um, like I say, he didn't talk to me, yeah. but I just started thinking of someone I hadn't thought of for years. Yeah. Um, when you feel directed by God, what you're doing is easy. Yeah. It really, honestly, sometimes I did come home with a headache because I was so overwhelmed yeah. by what she was going through. Um, but that aside, um, it, it gives me joy to help her. Um, I just know this is what I should be doing. Yeah. And I am retired, so I um, I have the time. Not everybody out there has the time to sure. do this kind of thing. Um, but I do, and um, I, I it makes me feel good. Yeah. 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 So a couple of things that you said that I, I think are so uh, important and, and again, just uh, I think affirm a lot of the ways that we have tried to talk around here. You mentioned uh, taking her to Walmart, mm -hmm. that you just kind of bring her along and that that is the way that you are currently being with her. And um, many people over the years have responded to a message that Russ gave about this idea of layered living and how mm. mission is best done when we layer our life with the things that we're doing and the people that we're living mm. life with. And you're getting right at that idea of you're going to the store anyways. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's going to take you twice as long to get your tasks done, <laughs> but you also swing by, you pick her up mm -hmm. and now she's with you and you are layering this mission in the life that you're already having to go about. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, I think that's a, a really good picture of, um, how do we find, you know, little moments of time, little moments uh, of space where we can actually step into this idea of withness, step into this right. idea of mission? Um, have you ever questioned along the way? I mean, have you ever gotten to a point to say, oh, I just, I have to be done with this? Or have you felt kind of affirmed and felt like um, the way that you're moving forward is the appropriate way to move forward throughout the, the entirety of the process? Mm-hmm. Um 
No, I have never felt like I, I have to be done. I have concern for what's going to happen to her for yeah. sure, because I can see the decline and then what are my next steps? But I've never thought to myself, I'm not going to do those next yeah. steps. I just feel like this is what I need to do. I mean, yeah. it just is um, just what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, and I don't um, begrudge the time I spend with her or yeah. anything like that. It, it, it's, I just know this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts, uh, other things that, that maybe I didn't touch on that, that you think are important kind of in, as we think about this idea of witness? Um, well, one thing I will say, if anyone, uh, in at new community is dealing with a parent, uh, I mean, I'm not saying dealing with, but yeah. helping a parent or has a neighbor senior that is a senior and, um, needs to navigate some of these things, I'd be happy to help them. Yeah. I mean, give me a call because like, I've learned so much. Yeah. Um, and I just, I do know that God's witness is not just being there for the brief, yeah. but, but to walk along, yeah. to walk beside and, yeah. um, and to just love yeah. others. Yeah. So I guess that's, it. uh, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mom. Um, yeah. I think again, uh, I have been so encouraged by this story um, oh, because it, uh, not only just from a like a son's perspective, is it really fun to watch your mom do really gritty mission <laughs> and uh, and really um, listen to, although maybe not the audible voice of God, listen to the call of God and step into it. So uh, I have been so proud to be your son in this way, but also it's encouraged me. I mean, it's challenged me to say, uh, what does it look like for me to be with a neighbor or a friend or somebody? And um, this this morning's message, this interview as well, is not about creating guilt at any level. It's, um, I don't, I am always cautious of these types of stories because um, they can be heard and interpreted as, oh, I'm not doing enough and I need to now uh, go and do more things. That's never well, the intent of this. I also didn't want to be here today because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to talk about this as if, look what I'm doing yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Um, I really, is fine if nobody knows what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you made me. I know, but when <laughs> your son here. asks, <laughs> you, you got to follow through, right? Yeah. Um, but so, you know, this is not about creating guilt or uh, trying to communicate that we're not all doing enough. Really what it is, it's a reminder of the incredible love of God mm -hmm. that we see in this idea of Emmanuel, that God actually came to be with us. He chooses to be with us. So it's a reminder of that. But then in turn, it's this encouragement from this story that um, we... We are invited into the radical mission of God by being with people and that there are people in all of our lives uh, mm -hmm. that probably need a little bit more withness. And this is one story, uh, mm -hmm. an incredible story of where you have listened to God and followed in that way. And uh, my hope is it serves as a reminder for us, an encouragement for us to at least uh, put ourselves in that position and say, God, is there somebody that you would have me be with mm. right now? Uh, and, and then wait and wait for mm -hmm. God's call. And like he did with you, um, whether it's an audible voice or uh, just a, a premonition, an idea, a, a sense of, oh, this is the person that uh, I can be with. So again, thank you for being here. 
Uh, thank you for sharing your story with You're us, welcome. with our community. Uh, Newcom, I want you to hear this on the fourth Sunday of Advent, the Sunday of love. You are deeply, deeply loved by the God of the universe. He came and chose to be with you. He chose to be with me, with my mom, with Joseph behind the camera here. Um, and let us be encouraged in this final week that our call to mission is to be with others. Go in peace this week and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.